Running with Jake, the podcast. On this episode... It is difficult to just turn it around without any evidence because as much as you talk yourself up, like, that race result is in black and white and your thoughts are all theoretical. So until you have some sort of solid evidence to back it up, that's hard. Running with Jake, the podcast. Because every runner needs the occasional plot. And here's your host, Jake Lowe. Welcome back to another episode of Running with Jake, the podcast, your weekly dose of running motivation. Greetings, hello, good morning, good evening, Kalispera, Kalimera, wherever you're listening to, I think Kalimera is right, I think that's hello. I am in Greece, I was in Italy during last week's episode of the podcast, and now in Greece, landed safely, I'm here. And we're pulling out all the stops to make sure that we never miss an episode to get you fired up and motivated. So I'm back. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. Another great show, Pete. Another great show. Obviously, for the last couple of weeks, Jake, you've been in Italy and um, we've been recording, what, on a beach and the crickets have been out of control. How are the crickets now? Because you must appreciate that the way that this is working, uh, I can't really hear them, but on the recording they could be like crazy yeah i'm kind of thinking that in italy the crickets are the crickets are on steroids because they are definitely next level we've still obviously got the crickets here in greece i am on the beautiful beautiful island of skiathos uh, and crickets are a plenty but they're not quite as noisy they're a little bit more chilled out i am by the water here <laughs> tucked away you'd laugh if you could see me actually i did put this on instagram earlier sure. looking for a uh, an appropriate space to obviously record keep out the wind keep away from other people all that sort of stuff uh, so you would laugh if you could see where i am right now but it, how are you how are the acoustics I mean, you're the producer. Does it sound okay? Can you hear me? They sound absolutely fine. It seems to me that the crickets from Greece and the crickets from Italy seem to mirror the personality of the uh, of the Greeks and the Italians. Both really, <laughs> really nice, but then the Italian ones are just a little bit louder. <laughs> I, I can see how you were very careful how you phrased that then. You don't need to be careful. It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. Thank you. So last week, we were on a beach in Italy, and then you were going to go to Naples, and you were going to have that thing with the pizza, and you were, you know, where, like where pizza was invented, you were going to eat pizza. How did that go? Man. I tell you something, it's so good that I'm still able to train on holiday because we have eaten so much. I mean, you can imagine just great food, great food in Italy. And because it's such a family culture and a lot of the members, kind of extended family members of Martina's family, I hadn't met. So, you know, they, they, they want to welcome you and they want to show you the sights and, and feed you the food. And you can't say no. You can't say no. Oh, no, it'll be Jesus, rude. man. A, a, sorry. A massive gecko has literally just dropped out of the tree. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Jesus, that was going to be Don't a hard attack. It's massive. It's just Take staring at that. There's, it's the, just, there's the episode cover right there. It's just staring at me. I will. I will do that. I'll take a photo. Sorry, yes, I've been... So, fortunately, uh, aside from um, avoiding scary geckos leaping out of trees at me, I've been eating lots of food. I'm still... I'm still managing to train. Uh, but it's, you know, it's not so easy in the heat. I'm away for a long time. It's difficult. Mm, you are. I was going to ask about that, because you are away. I mean, when are you back? Because you've been away for so long. Yeah, I'm actually away for four weeks. And, and t- to be fair, I know that sounds quite luxurious. Oh, great, holiday for four weeks. Martina finishing her big veterinary course. She's not starting a new job till September the 1st. So we, she really wanted to make the most of the time she's got off and just get away, see family, all those sorts of things. But to be fair, some of it is actually down to the fact that the whole COVID situation, flights have been cancelled so many times. So it has been quite tricky. And then we've had quite a few flights cancelled, which has actually extended the break. So we're back 
gosh, I don't even know, Pete. Uh, I just I just wait for Martina to say, Jake, now it's time to get on a plane. Uh, okay, well, let's do that then. So right, okay. It's about four weeks. It's about four weeks. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, as long as the woman's making the decision and the bloke's just going, yeah, yeah, whatever, and they're following, <laughs> that's absolutely fine. I've seen a bit of your Insta stuff over the over the course of the last few weeks, and I've seen the, the training and what's been going on there, and obviously you're training for um, Manchester Marathon, and, um, you know, when you go away, if you're going away for four weeks, you do have to work out your training into that because you can't just stop because you've got a problem then but and I, I saw the other the other day that you did an 18 mile run in the sweltering heat it seemed but generally how's it going and how have you fitted that into your into your time away well we we were ambitious like a lot of runners are so we had our we have our own targets from the manchester marathon and we knew obviously coming away for three four weeks as it is now maybe even slightly longer something like that we, we knew that it would be tricky not only for the heat but also we don't know the area necessarily obviously in italy spending time with martina's family so the point is and i always advise runners do this you know my runners that i coach uh, people listen to this show now it's really important i think to be flexible in your training it's great to have a plan we have a plan you know as the coach i write our training plan but it has to be flexible we have to adapt to the situation and we've had to do that over here you know kind of manage expectations you, you mentioned that 18 mile run i did put that on my instagram actually um, if you don't follow me just check out running with jake search for running with jake on instagram and you'll you'll pick me up but i mentioned the 18 mile run but i did say in one of the videos look i'm kind of going to see how it goes here because this is our intention but we're not going to beat, beat ourselves up give ourselves a hard time you know not enjoy the evening if we don't manage the 18 miles and subsequently we managed I think we did about 16 miles there in P it was about 16 and a half miles still very good distance we'd said 18 but we had to have that adaptable flexible approach it was just so hot so we tried to run in the evening for that particular long run I think we've got two I think there's two more long runs that we've got to do I say got to do but that's the intention why we're out here uh, and we tried the first one was in the evening but it was still so hot man after and especially after you've had a big day on the beach which is what we'd had you know we tried to keep ourselves pretty hydrated which I advise everybody does even if you're not on holiday but you're at home and you know you're hit with pretty pretty warm weather definitely important to keep hydrated but we still just felt you know got to safety first safety has to come first and we've got to kind of ignore the pace and sometimes ignore the distance aspirations and focus more on just duration and feel you know how you feel when you run rather than oh i need to hit this particular this particular number because let's be honest yes we've got target for manchester like people have for for many races that they're you know working towards big challenges but it's not the be-all and end-all of life. This is your weekly dose of running motivation, but, but running is a fundamental part of our life, sure, but it's not the only thing in our life. You know, people are important, holidays are important, downtime, you know, relationships, friends, all those great things. And I think it's really important that, it, that we understand running's part of the jigsaw, you know, not, not kind of like the only piece. So got to be flexible. Today, it's a big day on the beach, and what we're actually doing is looking at doing a bit of kind of quality running later on. So once we've spent down the beach we're going to shower kind of cool off a little bit on the beach uh, stay in the shade for a bit and then we're going to try and do something but we're not quite sure what now if we're at home Pete, I i'd be saying right let's this is the session but because again we've got to be flexible we may do in a few we may throw in a few hill repeats it may be a little bit of kind of threshold work we've just got to see how we feel so that yeah that's the intention but either way i'm going to have my soccer tonight yeah yeah absolutely that's dead important i, I and you know um, one thing that just occurred to me while you were talking about training in the heat and running in the heat and stuff you know how and, and you'll have to excuse me for a really stupid question because 
obviously I am a non-running guy um, and I've always been a non-running guy. I always will be, by the way. Um, you know, we've talked about on, on previous podcasts about running at altitude and all of the um, all of the great advantages that that can offer you. Does that have the same effect in heat? You know, like when you're running in the heat, does it have any advantages? I mean, it's a great question. I think in all honesty, a physiologist would be really well placed to, to, to answer this question. But from my side of things, in my experience and experience as a coach, I think if you're doing a hot race, if that's what you're targeting and the, the odds are it's going to be pretty warm, you know, the climate, time of year, where it is, all that stuff, then it stands to reason that actually you probably want to condition yourself to that because, you know, acclimatization is getting used to either altitude or heat or, you know, cold temperatures, whatever. It's allowing the body, giving the body time to adapt. But for us, we hope certainly that Manchester is not going to be hot as it is over here in, in Greece. So is there any real benefit? I don't know. I think once we, if we get through this holiday, meaning, <laughs> not, 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 not as a couple, by the way, but if we get, if our relationship survives this holiday, that'll be a bonus. No, if we get through this holiday in terms of training, we're able to put a, you know, a lot of mileage into the, into the training bank, then I think once we get back to England, cooler conditions getting towards the back end of the year, we're probably going to feel pretty good because it's that, that contrast. Does that make sense from being in a really hot place does, yeah, to yeah. then hopefully running in really cool conditions is better that way than for example back in as many people will know that took part in london 2018 as i did the hottest one on record training through the winter cold you know being hammered by the wind all that stuff battered with the elements and then you suddenly get to london you've been training all through the cold weather and it's roasty toasty you know you're not prepared for that i think it's easier to train in some respects in warmer conditions and then actually racing cooler conditions than the other way around you know it's not always so easy but i think from my perspective certainly that will that is the ideal scenario yeah no absolutely and, and just when you mentioned you joked about you know relationships potentially ending on holiday and uh, what i'd say is um obviously yourself and marty that would never that would never happen everything is absolutely strong there but if it did become an issue what i'd say is just wait till you get back to the uk to break up because unfortunately i was dumped on holiday once uh, when i was in crete <laughs> and let me tell you that is a terrible terrible uh, journey back it really is <laughs> it's awful especially if it's during the welcome meeting <laughs> for the show notes and video content go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast Hi there, this is Frank Flake from the Sophisticated Property Investing Podcast. I was a guest of Jake's on episode 73. If you haven't heard it, feel free to go back and have a listen. We get into everything from running challenges to mindset. By the way, if you've always wanted to earn in a month what you currently earn in a year, you may want to take a listen to my show. There's a link in the show notes of this episode, or you could just search for Sophisticated Property Investing on your podcast app. Running with Jake, the podcast. So it doesn't seem like five minutes since we had a chat with our next guest. Today's guest is Mary McLennan. She is a GB athlete, cross country, 10,000 metres. Last time we spoke to her, it was all about the Zero Tolerance UKA campaign, which was calling for lifetime bans for coaches found guilty of sexual misconduct in sport. Mary's back on the show today. This time, Mary is to talk about your running. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Hi, it's nice to be here again. Again. You're a regular now. You're a regular. You can chill out. There's no pressure. We can just talk all things running. Does that mean I'm big time? It does, certainly. Oh, massively. Yes. <laughs> Mary is big time. We said that. We said we need to get... We and, and you're not just a guest anymore. You're now a friend. You're a friend to the show. Oh. So this morning we said, oh, it's time to speak to that big time celeb friend, Mary. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, Jake, if you could the redo the intro up. and involve the word big time, that would be favourable, please. <laughs> we, we, we need like a drum roll, don't we, for this we one? We, we need, need like a drum roll. <laughs> Mary, it's great to have you back on again. I and mean, we said when we first spoke, obviously we're talking about a really serious issue and we wanted to get you back on the show. Obviously, you were competing in the 5,000 metres on the track in Manchester recently, which I want to ask you about. But tell me, first of all, just a bit of a, a, a recap. How are things going with the, the campaign that you, you ran, the Zero Tolerance UKA? Yeah, really well. So I guess the actual campaign itself is done. Um, we got the change we wanted to see. So UKA have completely changed their policies. They've got lifetime bans for coaches who are found guilty of sexual misconduct and abuse. They've also entirely changed the system by which they measure these cases. So they've got a new case management team. They've employed two new safeguarding officers who are ex-police force workers who also have experience dealing with cases of sexual misconduct and abuse. And they also have a new system for athletes to come forward with. So it's called My Concern. That way it's anonymized reporting online. So yeah, it's really good. Um, Like the change we've seen is great. So that in itself is done. <laughs> that's absolutely sure. awesome. I mean, it really is. I mean, to be changing, you know, old, what what was, I guess, old attitudes, um, that's absolutely mm. brilliant. We saw the support that you guys had. It was Anna and Kate, wasn't it, your your, your friends yeah. that were, were involved in this campaign as well. It's just, I mean, it was amazing, really, the support that you got almost overnight, really, on Instagram yeah. and the various social media challenge, channels. So for you to see this change must feel really, really good. Yeah, it feels great, but it's also frustrating because you see, like, similar things happened in other sports around the same time and nothing happened like in I think it was March 17th there were nine British gymnasts who wrote a letter to British gymnastics um, also alleging you know various forms of abuse and they still haven't received a response they've asked for an extension for the time to respond so like it's amazing that we've had such a responsive sympathetic CEO come and kind of get on board with our mission but it's like that doesn't apply to every sport and that's kind of now the work that Kate and I are trying to do. Hey, it's really interesting as well, isn't it? And, and I know today we want to talk about your running, but that knock-on effect, really. So not only did you directly influence the system, as it were, and old behaviours and ways of thinking and ways of working and what was deemed acceptable, which clearly isn't, in the world of athletics, but that may have a knock-on effect in, into other sports, whether that's gymnastics, and I read this in, in the papers myself, in the news, uh, about the athletes that experienced similar Uh, issues and had similar concerns but it might have that kind of snowball effect you know in other sports that's kind of the hope i mean so what kate and i have done now is we've set up a non-profit organization um called kaniska advocacy to advocate for policy changes and well for to advocate for policy changes in sport but they're to better protect respect and celebrate women and girls in sport so yes we have a specific focus at looking at policy changes for women um but obviously these policy changes will also benefit men it's for everybody and i think that's kind of you know it's an inclusive organization um so we're working with elite women ambassadors from different sports so we've got like a tennis player we've got two tennis players we've got a rally car driver we've got a hockey player we've got a footballer um a swimmer and i think it's just learning from these women what are the pitfalls and obstacles in their sports and how can we help change 
things in their sports, you know, not just limiting ourselves to dealing with abuse cases, which are obviously incredibly important and where we started and where our passion lies. And that's kind of the first thing we want to see through is getting the zero tolerance policy from athletics to be sport wide. And you mentioned the word passion there and that clearly came across in the first chat and it's coming across already in this chat and you're clearly very busy with things. I mean, so it's the Kaniska Advocacy and if you want to find out more about that, we will link that in the show notes page, Mary, which is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. But last time we spoke, you were a PhD student. I understand you're no longer a PhD student. You are now working for the British Heart Foundation. Yeah, um, basically this zero tolerance campaign has entirely changed my life (laughs) Um, in in many senses of the way. So I basically made the decision in March to, um, based off of the back of a conversation I had with my supervisor as well, you know, um, it wasn't just completely uh, an impulsive decision, although it was reasonably impulsive, but uh, that is probably one of my characteristics, was discussing this with my flatmate. It's neither a pro nor a con. Um... (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, so I decided to leave the PhD. I started looking for jobs and I knew I wanted to kind of work in policy, public affairs, something along the lines we were already trying to do with Kaniska, but to gain a little bit more experience with a like established charity. And honestly, the the, the job with the British Heart Foundation just cropped up in Edinburgh, um, which was incredible because I kind of assumed I was going to have to move to London. It's amazing how quickly life changes always, I know, but especially through this pandemic, there seems to be a significant change, whether that's through chance and different things that you're involved in, like with the campaign leading to this role with the British Heart Foundation, or whether that's kind of a real concerted effort for people to make changes. I mean, it wasn't that long ago we actually spoke, was it really, Mary? And now look no. how <laughs> things have moved on already. I know it's yeah. not all rosy, talking about um, friends that talk about pros and cons. Obviously, you had a, a little bit of disappointment that I'd love to ask you about. You were very honest on your Instagram page. I do uh, keep an eye on what you're up to. Um, it's nice to see what you're doing in your own um, running and your, with your goals and targets. And you were lucky enough. I say lucky enough because obviously with a pandemic, it's not so easy to travel about. But you were fortunate enough to be able to take part in the 5,000 metres in Manchester recently, but it didn't quite go to plan, did it? Can I ask you about that, Mary? What what happened? My kind of long-term aim right now is half marathon um, in September. Maybe looking to do a marathon in spring, but let's not say that too loudly, just in case. My last track race was always going to be the 10,000 metres, which is on the 9th of July. And my coach and I had decided to just do one more and that was going to be it. But I got FOMO um, watching races. So I was like, you know what? Been that idea. I actually also want to do British Champs. So, which is kind of rare for me. I have never really enjoyed track before. Um, and I've found it very difficult. I've got a bit of a weird relationship with it. And this goes back to like age 12. Like I just... I just never really clicked with it. So I kind of was like, okay, let's ride with this positive vibe. Let's just do it. Let's capitalize on my enjoyment and let's go to British Champs because it's an amazing opportunity. Plus like to be at the Olympic trials, that's amazing. And I got my COVID vaccine on the Wednesday. Um, And my coach had said like, oh, can you not get it rearranged? And I did try, but they didn't have another one until the 9th of July. And I was like, "Hmm, that's the day of my other race, which is definitely more important. (laughs) So no, Um, which was unfortunate. And they've now, as of today, opened a drop-in clinic for under 30s. So we won't even get on to how annoying that is. I know it sounds a little bit like from my Instagram post that I'm like anti-vax or like suggesting that people shouldn't get vaccines. I'm definitely not suggesting that. It was just bad timing for me. Although simultaneously, there's never a good time. Um, But yeah, basically I 
the next couple of days I did feel tired but I didn't feel bad like I didn't think I'd had a very bad reaction um you know I was maybe sleeping like nine hours a night and waking up kind of feeling as tired as I had done going to bed but thinking oh well life work you know probably doesn't mean anything um I was still feeling really positive really motivated for the race like excited to be there um got down day of the race was still feeling like very positive emotionally and then when I started doing like my warm-up I just was like I feel a bit groggy feel a bit um don't quite feel right but I was like put it in the back of your mind Uh, I always say like you know when you feel rubbish in the warm-up that's when you run your best races um so I was like it's fine positive vibes only um but yeah literally just from the start the gun went and I was like it's not gonna happen today I'm not here like I tried and like the race went off very fast because the girls at the front were trying to go for the Olympic qualifying time and I mean to be honest the like yes the pace was fast but it definitely should have been a pace that I could handle um like I think I wanted to go through 800 and 230 and we went through in 228 so it was hardly like it's two seconds like it's not something that's gonna really like blow me up um and I was kind of I held on for like yeah the first mile um but it just felt incredibly difficult my legs felt like they'd been punched (laughs) repeatedly and it just felt really really heavy I kind of felt like the way that you should feel when you're going full out up a hill um at the end of a cross-country race um and I just felt like I was like I can't maintain this level of performance and so naturally my body obviously slowed me down and weirdly and at that point I was like I'm gonna drop out like I can't this is embarrassing I feel horrendous um and obviously you know it's really demoralizing seeing athletes that you know you should be competing against just like ease away from you um and then yeah I just the feeling didn't get really any better but it also didn't really get any worse once I'd slowed down um So I felt rubbish, but I felt like I could maintain that pace. Like I wasn't slowing down anymore. I was just running slowly. And so I think at that point I was like, well, do you know what? I know that I've had races before. I've had a whole season where I just repeatedly dropped out of races and it's so much harder to not drop out of the next one, even if it's going well. Because at every point in every race for every athlete at every level, there is a point during a race where you're like, I can't do this anymore. It hurts. I want it to stop. Even if you're having the race of your life, you're like, I wish this was just over so that I had just won. You know, like I've I've had amazing races and I've had terrible races. And in every single one of them, I've been like, (laughs) I'm done now. But the start, the finish line is a very long way away. So I think if you've given yourself that option, it's so much harder to not stop. Um... And I got into a really bad cycle, probably 2016, of just dropping out of races because I became more and more mentally weak against that feeling. So I knew that the 10K was more important. So I was like, I don't care how crap I feel. I'm just going to push through. So that's kind of what I did. And I just had to really get over how bad the time was. You know, it, it was so slow for me that when I finished, I was like, oh, ooh. Like, you know, and I and I said to one girl who had... I didn't know that she'd dropped out, but she was crying. And I was like, oh, are you okay? Because I just, like, wasn't really that emotional about it. I was like, oh, I don't care. Like, that was horrendous. Lol. 
Um, and I turned to her and I said, oh, did you drop out? And she was like, yeah. Uh, and I was like, well, I wish I had dropped out. Maybe I should have done um, because it was so slow. And I think initially I was just a bit confused. I was like, I don't really know why I felt so crap. Like the only thing I can put it down to is the vaccine. And I guess because I had that excuse immediately, I was like, well, I mean, obviously there's no doctor telling you like, this is what it is, but you kind of have to put it down to that. And that's kind of also what I was thinking during the race. You know, I was completely perplexed as to how I felt so rubbish and flat and heavy and tired and groggy. And I just thought well, it must be the vaccine. But yeah, initially, I was quite jokey about it. I was like, haha, well, you know, if you're going to have a shitter, commit to it. <laughs> but yeah, the day after a bad race is just, it's horrendous, regardless of how sure you are about the reason as to why you've had such a bad race. You know, I woke up, I'd kind of laughed about it and I'd been like, yeah, it's disappointing. Like the night before I said, yeah, no, it's disappointing. Obviously it's disappointing. Like, like I'm just gonna have to brush this one off, like onto the next one. And I was pretty positive about moving forwards. But when I woke up the next morning, post bad race day is almost like you feel close to depressed like it's just to pick yourself up is very hard because I know that I'm quite authentic online and I know that I do have people that follow me I did feel like I owed them an explanation but then I was like oh, I don't know anybody an explanation like don't be ridiculous I don't have to post but then I was like well but then I, social media is just a highlight reel and and I should also talk about the bad times I felt like I wanted to put an explanation and I also needed to process it myself um I think it's completely normal as well and it's and it's okay to feel like that you know a lot of people are like oh I give myself an hour to be sad for me that's not realistic I need I need a full day <laughs> but yeah so funny isn't it L listening to you ex uh, take us through this experience that you had now I, I appreciate it so much Marion I think so many people listening to this will appreciate your honesty as well because if it can happen to you these feelings and emotions and disappointment it can happen to all of us and you mentioned the Covid stuff obviously I mean and, and you also mentioned an excuse and I think that's really interesting because and I'm interested to get your take on this because what's the difference between an excuse and a reason I think it's what you believe inside because if you know if something is an excuse, if I've done something running related or not, and I use an excuse, I know it's an excuse versus a reason. Whereas if I'm being really honest with myself, I might give a reason as to why something happened because I believe that. I believe that to be the case. So in your situation with, with obviously what you experienced with COVID, did, did you, was that in your mind on the starting line? Did you, were you able to park that? Or did you feel like, well, that's a bit of an excuse. I'm going to put that in my back pocket. I really didn't think about it. Like, I, you know, it was, it was Helen that was like, oh, I'm not really sure if you should be racing if you've had the vaccine. I was like, Psh, vaccine, schmaxine, I'll be fine. Um, <laughs> like I've had no reaction. Um, and, you know, I, and I, I did, like I did a short run on Friday, did a run on Saturday and like, yeah, I didn't feel great, but I also thought, oh, well, you know, it's just an easy run. Like, it's very hard to tell how you really feel on an easy run unless you feel shocking. Like, you can't tell that you feel amazing. Pretty much every easy run feels the same. It's kind of uncomfortable. You're like, how do I ever run faster than this? That's a great point. Yeah, but like, you, you know, I could, I could do an easy run at eight minute mile pace. I could do an easy run at seven minute mile pace. They feel equally difficult. Um... And on different days, seven minute mile pace might feel like eight minute mile pace and eight minute mile pace might feel like seven. So I think that like to base how you're feeling before a race on an easy run is kind of impossible. So there's not really a whole lot of point 
basing your entire race experience or race expectation on an easy run. Love that. And I think like that might have been the thing about the vaccine that it would let you compete here, but not here where you should be. So, you know, if, if you, you're kind of operating at 60% or something, I don't really know, but that's like having spoken to other runners now, um, post race disappointment, they were like, oh my God, you had the vaccine three days ago. I felt like six out of 10 for about a week. So we'll see. I've got a session tomorrow. Nope, I'm lying today. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But that has been a full week now since my vaccine. So you would hope that like I feel better again. Um, has it fired you up more now that you've <clears throat> gone through this process and these this emotional these emotional few days and the disappointment and all those things? Has it? How have you used that now? Have you turned it into a positive? Have you, have you reframed it? Has it made you more fired up, or is it not your confidence? I think a bit of both. Um, like there's like this little niggling feeling that is saying mm, you might not be as fit as you thought you were. But I know equally that I'm not in 1635 shape because I ran a 10k where I ran 1623 for the first 5k and I kept going. So I know that's not the shape I'm in. But yeah, I think after I've had a couple of sessions, like after today hopefully goes well and after Saturday hopefully goes well, I think at that point you'll be like, I'm ready to prove everyone wrong slash myself wrong and I'm ready to like you know, right wrongs and correct that. But I think, yeah, until you've kind of like had some sort of evidence that that isn't representative of where you're at, it is difficult to just turn it around without any evidence. Um, Because as much as you talk yourself up, like that race result is in black and white and your thoughts are all theoretical. So until you have some sort of solid evidence to back it up, that's hard. I really like that. It's, it's, it's belief, isn't it? And and I always say beliefs must be based on something, really. You've got to give it yeah. a little bit of evidence for yourself rather than just believe in yourself. Well, that's fine, but based on what? Whereas if you've mm-hmm. done certain sessions, race performances, you're feeling good, we're not talking the easy run stuff, but, you know, those real nice indicators of, of where you are in terms of performance, I think that can give you belief, can't it? Like if today's session goes well, which I'm sure it will, you, just looking at it on the camera here, you seem fired up, you seem bright-eyed and ready to smash it. So that session goes well, that's going to just give you a, a, a little notch up that kind of confidence ladder, I imagine. Yeah. Here's a question that I'm intrigued to know your response to, Mary. So you, by your own admission, it was quite far away from you in terms of the, 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 the performance that you were able to deliver on that day in Manchester versus what you've done previously. I mean, slower, a slower pace than a recent 10,000 metres, and this was half the distance. Does it help you rationalise the fact that you were quite far away, significantly far away from what you've done previously, rather than kind of, you know, if that margin was much smaller... Is that, yeah. oh, well, maybe it's just a decline in performance. Whereas because you were, you know, significantly far away, you go, well, that can't be right. It's got to be down to this, this and this. Yeah, yeah. So actually, ironically and horrendously, every 5K I've done this season has actually got progressively slower. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I ran actually at that track as well. So I'm never going back to that track. Um, I ran 16.11. Um, I had a really bad day. Um, I was yeah in a very bad headspace and I'd had some really bad news like hours before the race and I just wasn't there and I ran 16.11 and I can tell you I was a lot more depressed about that time 
than I was about 16.35. It's all ridiculous. I ran like 15.47 my first race of the season and here I am running almost a minute slower. It's definitely like if there's a bigger margin, you can be like, well, I mean, obviously that's not where I'm at. Like you were saying earlier, you know, excuses and explanations. People might say, oh, it's just an excuse. But like there are explanations as to why you might not perform the best on that day. It's so hard to get everything to align and for everything to go right. Like I think our race performances are probably 10 to 20 percent good and, you know, 15 percent fine the rest pretty bad i wish i could give a percentage as to how much of a race is out of your control very Mm. difficult to do that but i think it can help to know that there is a percentage of things that are out of your control the weather is obviously part of that the conditions to a degree how you're feeling on the day there's various things and and by the way how you're feeling on the day as we've touched on in this chat we're not just talking physically although we're including that of course it's it's emotionally mentally where are you in your headspace because as you know with what you've done mary in your career to extract maximum performance you know when you're blasting it in the cross country and on the track you've got to be in the right place to extract that performance that you yeah. built that ability in training and i don't think that's always always necessarily so easy you mentioned mental strength and you touched on was it 2016 that to, to quote you, you you felt that you were in a, a kind of mentally weak kind of phase there yeah and one of the reasons according to your instagram post that you mentioned about wanting to finish this race was not give yourself an excuse slash reason to kind of stop in the future when the going gets tough which we know invariably it does in races have you done some work since 2016 consciously to try and improve your mental strength and give you that uh, psychological resilience as it were or have you just kind of gone with the flow and and and, and i hope that you build that ability i see a sports psychologist and re- regularly i see her once a month um she's amazing and i haven't seen her in like two months <laughs> so i booked an appointment with her yesterday um i was like hi so uh it's me again <laughs> i think now's the time <laughs> think we should have a chat um so yeah um I think that like she's great in terms of just having somebody external to kind of frame stuff put it into context you know when your head is so far into the sand that you just can't see a centimeter ahead of you and then she's like hold on zoom out like look at everything that's going on or at the same time like you can be strong here and I think you know we talked a lot about when, I, when I've worked with her we've talked a lot about like process goals and outcome goals so a lot of the time like I won't just go into a race with an outcome goal i.e. I want to run 15.40 and I want to whatever you know she'll say okay well at this like how you run the race how would you be proud of yourself in terms of like you know so is it being reactive to moves is it being um like fierce at the start and is it being um like finishing strong like what are the things that you want to do during the race that you know you can do even if you're feeling rubbish and then you can come away being proud of how you've run it even if the result isn't what you wanted um and I'm not always good at setting those process goals I certainly didn't for Sunday and maybe that's also a sign that like my brain wasn't all there so yeah I think that those that's like also really important when you're racing is to not base everything on your outcome because as I said earlier like we're so bad as runners and as sports people at like placing our self-worth on a result and that's not a good way to operate in life because 
you don't run a good race every race you run. And give yourself more boxes to tick, isn't it, with these process goals rather than just one giant box, which is, I must win this race or I must achieve X. You've got yeah. nowhere else to go then. If that is out of your hands for whatever reason, all the things we've spoken about in this chat, where do you turn your attention afterwards? What do you do to acknowledge yourself? What can you acknowledge yourself for? You can acknowledge yourself for the process goals, some of those that you ticked en route to exactly. the bigger goal, perhaps the more important one. So I think that's really powerful stuff. What do you respond well to? And what I mean by that is, obviously, after an event like this and disappointment, everybody means well, don't they? Friends, family, coaches, colleagues, all that stuff. They all want to offer their condolences, support. They all care. Some people don't necessarily say the things how you would like them to say it, but their intentions are right. What do you respond well to? How do you want people to be with you when you experience disappointment? Is it is it a cuddle? Is it arm around the shoulder? Is it, you know, tough love? What? What do you respond well to? I'm a very emotional person. I feel things very deeply. Um, so I think... You're in good company. I mean, I d- yeah, I definitely am somebody who needs like a lot of reassurance and support. And like, you know, I'm very tactile. So like hugs everywhere, please. Um, and, you know, just kind of also reassurance. You know, I think my like best friend who came to watch the race Emily she was amazing um after the race you know and she sent me like a six minute voice note just like pep talk which six minutes is a long time but I needed every second um so I think yeah it's it's that reassurance but then you know if it's continuing for like a for longer than it should yeah snap me out of it because I'm also quite self-indulgent so you know I will I will uh, milk that feeling and I'll be like, I'm never going to run well again, which is ridiculous. So yeah, at that point, I then go to my coach and she's like, move on. <laughs> um, <laughs> You've got like, the balance yeah. of support there. Exactly. Let's end on a nice big fat positive. I'm interested to know what your goals are moving forward. Obviously, you mentioned half marathon. You've got uh, another race. Is this going to be your final 10,000 metres? Is it in July? The Oh, not in my life. God, no. Just this season. I'm addicted to 10Ks on the track. I love them. I've got a problem. I'm aware that that's really strange. (laughs) Mary, it's been absolutely awesome talking to you. Good luck with all your training, your future goals, the Great North Run, your 10,000 metres on the track, which I'm sure you will smash today's session, and, of course, the Kaniska Advocacy, which we will link in the show notes page, runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. And we do have one last question for you before we let you go. We ask Mm -hmm. all of our guests this question. We did not ask you this question last time on the show. Are you ready? Okay. Sure. Why why did we not ask the question last time, Jake, to you? Honestly, Mary, anything could happen in an interview, but to Jake... This is the most important bit. This is the thing that he judges every interviewee on. It's this one question. I don't know why you missed it out last year, last time, Jake. I don't. I think it's over-egged myself personally. I think it's. I think it's over-egged. I think it's a very average question. But Jake's a massive, massive fan of it. I don't know why we missed it off. Why did we do that? <laughs> Look, I'm. I'm sure we had a recording debrief after the episode, and I would have given you a reason. That was probably an excuse, let's be honest. I think, I think it, it was would an, have excuse. Been an excuse. Definitely an excuse. <laughs> well, look, we're, we're going to ask the question now. We're building it up. Oh, Mary, no. this is your weekly dose <laughs> of running motivation. What does the word motivation mean to you? Oh, motivation is such an individual thing. I think motivation means whatever it is that that drives you, whatever it is that that makes you 
want to move forwards. Motivation is very personal, but it's equally something that you can kind of bounce back onto when you're feeling like you can't kind of fire that engine. Um, yeah, motivation is the thing that like, you know, fuels your passion and your fire and your, your get go, your gumption. You see, it was worth the wait, Peter. Please, we saved the it question <laughs> for today's and, episode. And I, and I would like personally, I would like more guests to use the word "gumption" more often because <laughs> it's a word. It's a word. I mean, it's a word that my mum uses, but nobody else. And this is great. <laughs> <laughs> Mary, go and smash all your goals. You've got bags of enthusiasm and motivation. I know you're a bit of a hugger, so we're going to give you a virtual hug now. Touch the camera, everybody. Touch the camera. Come on, virtual <laughs> hug, virtual hug around. There we go. There we go. Wow. Awesome. Have a great rest of the day Mary catch up soon okay great thanks guys (laughs) running with Jake the podcast Pete do you know I've realised something in the time I've been in Greece what's that you're like the lucky lucky men on the beach you know the guys that come round selling your bags and bracelets that you really (laughs) don't want and you see them day after day after day and they ask you the same question that they're just begging begging it's like oh my god just kill me now Yes, you're a little bit like that. I'm going to apply a little bit more factor 30 to my nose because nobody likes a big red nose. You've got 30 seconds. Patreon Pete, get on with it. No, no, the only difference here, Jake, is the stuff that I'm selling isn't counterfeit. This is genuine. This is ge- this is uh, genuinely the Running With Jake podcast. This is not a cheap imitation, OK? What this is is good quality entertainment and also good quality running advice. If you want it... For one time only, okay, is whatever you can afford. It's whatever you want to pay. If you don't, if you don't, if you can't afford it, if you don't like it, don't pay for it. If you if you can't afford it, don't pay for it. It's cool. Someone else is doing that for you. But if you do want to pay for it, if you feel if there's if if you if you're racked with guilt for listening to this and taking from that honesty box for free, then all you have to do is support us on Patreon, okay? All you got to do is go to runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. That's runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. And click on the big old Patreon banner at the top of the page there, and just give us whatever you want to give us. And and if you want this, if you want this belt, it'll cost you just two pounds. Seriously, look at that. That's a good quality belt. That is. It's a little bit plastic. There's no belt loop, but you can always make yourself one with a bit of sellotape. <laughs> and now from Lucky Lucky Men on the beach, or Pete in his home studio begging. It's the same thing, really. There's no difference. It's time to take one of your questions. It is hashtag Ask Jake. Today's question comes from a brand new runner to the sport. Very excited. I love to hear about new people joining the crazy world of running it comes from kim she's just started and she wants to know which type of shoes she needs and she wants to really know how she works that out well it's great that you're taking things seriously kim and wanting to get yourself a proper pair of running shoes but i i think it's it's a great idea to go to a a local running shop which i I mention a lot on the show to have a bit of a gait analysis so really to just to look at how you are running some of them have treadmills that you can jump on and they can film you and, and and help to kind of identify the right shoes for you but if you want to keep things fairly simple and just get kick-started with everything what i would suggest is you have a go at the wet footprint test very easy Uh, once you get out of the shower or the bath obviously with wet feet just stand on a piece of a4 a white piece of a4 paper uh, just stand there for a couple of seconds and then step off and obviously that will leave two wet footprints uh, uh, imprinted onto the paper and you can see exactly what's happening with your arches because that's kind of a key um, area to identify the sorts of shoes that may work well for you and obviously some shoes that may not work so well so that could definitely be a good place to start to help you interpret the footprints and understand what that what they actually mean there's lots of different websites that will 
we'll give you this information. I will link on our show notes page one of those websites so you can go and check that out to give you a bit of a heads up, a bit of a starting point. Uh, the show notes page is runningwithjake.com forward slash podcast. I hope that helps, Kim. And above all, enjoy your running. Now, I don't normally say this, but I am actually rather pleased it is the end of the show because the little tree that I am perched under, I am now fully exposed as the sun has moved. I don't mean exposed, exposed, by the way. I just mean exposed to the sun. <laughs> it's not that kind of holiday. Thank you very much for listening to today's show. Thank you very much to our guest, Mary McLennan. Have a great week of training. As always, stay safe, manage your expectations, and don't put yourself under too much pressure. And we will see you back here next week. This is your weekly dose of running motivation. Oh, and one more thing. Keep the change, you filthy animal. What? It's a quote. <laughs> <laughs>